0: Our daughter Jessie loves playing detective. A clue.
1: But since we discovered she has sensitive skin, we've been playing detective too.
0: We thought the problem was our puppy.
1: But it was actually our old detergent. Aha. Uh-huh. So we switched to Tide Free and Gentle. Tide cleans better than the leading competitive free detergent, and it doesn't leave behind
2: irritating residues.
0: Plus, Tide Free and Gentle has no dyes or perfumes, so it's gentle on her skin case closed
2: if it's got to be clean it's got to be tied free and gentle it's time for
0: x's
1: and o's with minnesota vikings head coach kevin o'connell on the minnesota vikings radio network now from the tco studios in egan here is the voice of the vikings paul allen Hey, happy Wednesday, and welcome to X's and O's on the KFAN Minnesota Vikings Radio Network and Vikings.com. Kevin O'Connell, head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, is joining us to talk about a game uh, that is taking place in three days, and a team that beat the Las Vegas Raiders, and we are in deep stretch of the 2023 National Football League season. Uh, Just a couple of quickies, Kevin. Um, Back to the Raiders game for a second. I know we're here on a Wednesday getting ready for the Bengals on a Saturday, but... Getting the money in Las Vegas, at the end of the equation, that mattered most. I mean, a lot of details on which to focus and work and improve. Getting the money there in that three-zero thing—that that was big.
0: Yeah, I, you know, there's no question that that uh, you know every time we go out there, we'd love to score thirty and and uh, ring the bell a few times. But defensively, to get the performances we've gotten out of them in a, in a time where we're trying to, you know, really work through you know some adversity on offense and and uh, to. Get the special teams performance we did. Uh, In the end, I I know uh, you know the fantasy football world we live in. Nobody, as an offensive coach, you know nobody more than me wants to go out there and light up the scoreboard. But a rare uh, fantasy reference. The uh, the uh, the idea is. Uh, you know, the whole time last week was to come back with our seventh win, and we did that. Yeah, if they started Joseph, they got
1: three points. That's you know exactly I mean? right. That's, uh, and that's really all you that's needed. Right. Speaking of kicking, um, there were a couple of times last week publicly that you you mentioned you stressed the importance in a game like that game against Las Vegas of flipping the field. Yep and the punter came through with four inside the 20 i mean personally speaking i thought that was massive
0: yeah i thought it was huge and we've uh, we've worked it we've talked about it um field position in the nfl um it's a critical stat and and uh, especially when you are in a low scoring game every yard matters i thought some of the things bp did trying to get us some yards back and and see if we could get those tough you know decision type catch uh, catches for a punt returner and turn him into a 5, 10, 15 yard game. Those all matter. And then, like you said, Ryan Wright, stepping in there and having four inside the 20 and really good directionally uh, to help with our coverage units and, uh, you know, all the way around. I thought it was a really solid effort. And, and with him,
1: correct me if I'm wrong here, because I just don't remember a lot of the directional punts last year. I mean, is that something on which he's working and looking to improve every game?
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of times last year we were trying to, uh, rookie punter, just let him, you know, take some swings at it and, and hit it with hang time and, and and some depth there let our gunners get down there now we're really trying to hone in on uh, trying to pin the returners in certain areas and leverage those returns and and uh, really take advantage of the fact that we are getting some uh, friendly looks because we faked a couple this year mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times people are any you know anything even close that uh, we're getting a lot of safe looks and allowing us to you know really hone in on getting some coverage down there and take advantage of ryan's ability to pin people deep how often do you practice the pooch yeah that's a that's a, a you know one every couple weeker and uh you know didn't get uh, the greatest uh, you know of swings from greg there but kind of in that gray area where we wanted to make sure we were using some clock uh, at the very least and uh, i've lost lost a football game at the buzzer one time against the ravens when i was in cleveland kicking a field goal not super similar situation um, but when it was blocked and re- returned for a touchdown you know uh, the, it goes back to head coaching decision versus you know six nothing feels a lot better than three nothing mm-hmm. uh, when you look back on that one but um, the best thing to do in that moment was you know to get depot to fire a snap to greg and and you'd love to kick it high um, and allow that clock to kind of naturally tick off and 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 no returners on the field so you feel good about if they do try to field the ball maybe we get ourselves a cheap turnover uh to add to the two our defense already had in the moment so um kind of a situational call um you know the analytics guys out there probably uh, loved it i would have loved a little bit better execution um, but that's why we go back to work
1: well the i mean you mentioned like the status quo analytics like overarching view that that people will read well if that were the case you'd go for two every time yep. you never would punt yep. i mean just all of that i'm sure you've seen that right
0: yeah and you know the one thing we've talked about this before i know um and our two-point
1: game by the way was the bomb last year our our two-point game's really good
0: yeah and and a lot of that is because those are scoring plays So uh, we've got to get down in the red zone to have some decisions uh, to make on that obviously but uh but, no, I, I, I think uh, you look around the league and you see, you know, some of the scenarios down 14 and you score like Tennessee did last week. Uh, there's some things that that we absolutely uh, would would uh, really look long and hard at. Um, but I, I think it's in, important nowadays to understand, as great as all of the, that information is, and I value it tremendously. It's a huge part of my decision making. There's still a feel. There's still a feel of uh, how the game's going, what particular side of the ball Uh, you know, is playing well for your team and where you want to kind of hedge on the risk that comes with that. Because in the end, uh, you know, we are winning close games uh, trying to without... Uh, some of our you know our, our best players in there and significantly losing players throughout a game like that on offense that's where uh, I was most proud PA about our ability not to turn the football over no matter what and I think it's a great lesson because we found a way to win a game where we weren't at our best even close to it offensively but we did not turn the football over and the defense really in the end ended up forcing three with that final play kind of pitch it around play that ended up helping our margin for the year. Uh, punting fan line undoubtedly continues later and uh, we
1: expect Greg Coleman and or Sean Landetta to join us <laughs> but for now Kevin O'Connell head coach of the Minnesota Vikings is on X's and O's and personally speaking I just love what you guys have pulled from DJ Wanham this year yeah I mean really hitting stride what uh, what do you like when you watch it
0: back he just does everything well uh, no matter what you in our defense you know everybody highlights uh, Daniel's production rushing the passer and. Josh Metellus, Harrison Smith and and Cam Bynum at the safety positions and that's all unique but to make a lot of it go uh, that other guy on the edge, whether he's dropping, whether he's rushing, you know, getting to the quarterback for another sack like he did last week, uh, or, you know, being a, a, a real force in the run game, yeah. setting edges, playing with physicality. Um, you know, Flo very early on identified DJ as a guy that could kind of be uh, the jack of all trades type player. Great compliment to Daniel on the other side. And he's taken that role and really turned it into, you know, his best season and, and really turning into a, a really impactful player for us. I absolutely love DJ want and, and Cam Bynum, you know, over the years, Cam's done some good
1: things. Yep. But, again, there's another one that this year it just seems in this defense, with the way you guys do it and run it and change it, I mean, it, he fits he fits it perfectly.
0: Yeah, and the way that he compliments Metellus and Harry. And and when we, you know, we go to different groupings, those guys are playing. They're just X's out there, and mm-hmm. they can be playing different spots. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and try to label them on a depth chart. I'd love to see your, your call sheet up there in the box. <laughs> yeah. Trying well, to I'd figure to out Troy Dye <laughs> five. Guys Got that sack what uh trying to figure out what uh <laughs> to call some of these guys but that's that's the nature of it because offensively uh we have to try to figure out who's who and target things accordingly and that's one of the ways you can very simply uh cause some confusion for the other side and Flo and his guys do a great job with that and and, and metallis i mean both
1: safety spots inside linebacker outside linebacker i mean what what like what positions has he played like this year inside corner or what
0: I, I think, uh, depending on the look, I, I'm sure we can find some clips where he's gone out there to the outside corner spot and matched the tight end or back. Uh, he's, he's around the line of scrimmage a lot. He's in the deep part of the field. He's making, uh, he's being the middle runner against the Packers, you know, stealing an interception there down the middle of the field, had another opportunity versus Denver. Uh, you know, it's his versatility, but it's great to be versatile, but it's his effectiveness of doing all of those jobs really, really well. It's, you know, he's been one of those guys that I've always thought of as, as kind of that, uh, you know, guy that can fill a lot of different roles, physical yeah. enough in the run game. Great blitzer, has some ball skills, great tackler in space. Um, and it's always kind of shown up historically throughout his career in the kicking game. Yeah. A lot of those skill sets have just been applied to the defensive side of the ball, and, and uh, he's thriving, really, really playing well.
1: It is one of Nick Mullins' top traits his arm strength?
0: Um, yeah I I think he, he's got he's got good arm strength for sure but where it looks like his arm strength is really coming to life is his suddenness his compact delivery his ability to play grounded and get the ball out in rhythm on time be a great decision maker be accurate with the football and then the football IQ and understanding of this is the coverage this is what we uh, were hunting on the play did we get that look did we not where is my progression starting continuing and finishing um, that's where Nick's comfort in our offense really came to life late in the game um, trying to find a way to move the football without B.O. and Maddie and, and J.J. in the game and, and Nick brought us down the field and mm. did exactly what was required in the moment to uh, find, a, find a way to those massive three points.
1: Now, now clearly the, uh, the Bengals are down Joe Burrow and uh, the game is at uh, noon on Saturday on KFAN and the Vikings radio network. Defensively speaking, Trey Hendrickson and, and the rest of the Cats. What do, how, how similar are they from what you see now? to what you saw a couple of years ago when you beat them in the Super Bowl?
0: Yeah, they're, you know, similar from a standpoint of Hendrickson and Hubbard on the edges, uh, B.J. Hill inside, uh, you know, the Logan Wilson, a lot of those, uh, the players that, that I remember getting ready for, uh, you know, where they've, Kind of changed and morphed a little bit is on that back end. They're much younger at the safety spot. You know, they lost a couple players in free agency and they replenished those guys with some young players. Um, I've always, uh, I've always thought that, uh, you know, at the, the, at the nickel spot, you know they have a really strong player, good blitzer, a uh, guy that's really sticky in coverage. Um, in Hilton, and and then you know wouzier, whether yep. going back to my time in Washington when he was in Dallas or since transitioning to Cincinnati, expect him to match Justin and follow him around, and that'll be a great matchup mm-hmm. to watch two really good players going at it. And and with Jake
1: Browning, the former Viking and quarterback, he was on the practice squad here, twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. Um, is 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 the screen game more prominent with them right now? Than they're the they-
0: best, yeah, they're the best screen team in the NFL. Oh, they are? Uh, whether it's Joe in there, whether it's whether it's Brownie, um, Zach and his staff do a great job. They want to try to, uh, whether it's the receiver screens, getting them touches and, and, and trying to get a guy like Jamar Chase touches because he's, wow. you know, one of the best in our league after the catch. That's really what makes him uh, such a special, special player. But then Mixon and, you know, Brown, the rookie from Illinois, you know, these guys are really good with the ball in their hands. They break a lot of tackles. I think they're second in the league in, in you know, yards after contact as rushers, and they're second in the wow. league as far as receiving yards after the catch. So you've got a collection of skill players that you've got to have an elite day tackling, and it's those ones, PA, that, what uh, whether it is a safety in space, and if you make the tackle, it's a gain of three or four. If you don't, it goes for 25 or 30. So the way they, the they kind of get distribution of the field and spread you out and, and really try to activate things, that's what makes them uh, so difficult because at any point in, da- in time, all down in distance, you can get one of those screens. Right. And the execution is great, the linemen understand the timing, the landmark, um, and they become really hard plays to defend. And and with Joe Mixon, I would imagine he's going to test the run
1: defense with that bruising style. Yeah.
0: yeah that's just tough. I mean he runs through very rarely does he get tackled by the first defender that's why you get to get multiple uh, Vikings to him when we can Um, it's gonna be a challenge I mean they get him he's a gun runner he's a dot runner he can really run the wide zone get downhill as a physical you know duo you know downhill get behind double teams type runner as well so uh, between the screen game and their ability to be effective with really mixing and Brown as kind of a you know one-two punch uh, they've they've got the ability to move the football very efficiently, yeah. and then just when you start to load up that box, play a little bit more single high. Mm. They're taking timely shots to Higgins and and uh, and uh, Chase outside, and, and those plays change the whole dynamic of the
1: game. And 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 screen plays. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I mean, those could be gotchas against the the blitz at the wrong time. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? For
0: sure. And I mean that could be nasty. You know that's that's yeah. You know you if you're going to live by the blitz, yep. you know eventually people are going to get some plays schematically uh, di- and diagrammed against you and. And we've seen that at times this year, but our guys have reacted and they're ready for uh, kind of the problem plays for what uh, defense we are in because consistently when you're applying pressure like we do, you kind of see the playbook over the course of the season and that allows our guys to react and recognize, diagnose, and go make a play.
1: Uh, fastest to 20 wins in the history of the team. That's super cool, man. Thank you, Pete. Congratulations, good luck Saturday. Appreciate it, man. Kevin O'Connell, head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, courtesy of the Minnesota Lottery, and I'm Paul Allen. When we return, inside linebackers coach Mike Sarabu joins us on X's and O's on vikings.com and the KFAN Minnesota Vikings. FAN, the fan. to you. Thanks to the Minnesota Lottery. X's and O's continues on the KFAN Minnesota Vikings radio network. And Mike Soravo is the inside linebackers coach for the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, one of his position players, Ivan Pace Jr., was named NFC Defensive Player of the Week off that uh, wonderful game against the Las Vegas Raiders. And the coach joins us now. Uh, good job, personally speaking, especially with when Hicks went down. I mean, that's challenging, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, he's, you know, Jordan's the green dot, and that voice kind of, the D-line, this communicates with the secondary so that, you know, when a new voice is out there and a guy that hasn't played as long as Jordan um that that's challenging for everybody but and and
1: that's ivan now right yes right and 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 maybe a weird question but like you know from my relationship with him or what i see locker room he's a quieter he's on the quiet side does does that is that taken into consideration when you think about the role you put him in
2: yeah you know when you around the meeting room or around the building a guy might not seem like the guy calling the plays out there but he He communicates, and we tested that in the preseason and in practice and and he he was fine with it, so it's been just great for him to get the experience and you know his demeanor around different settings is not quite the same as it is when that locker room door closes, maybe per se, so you know what I mean there's yeah, something for to sure, that.
1: yeah. Oh, 100%. I mean, it's, it's the it's the cliche Jekyll and Hyde thing. I mean, it's and like, Hyde, yeah. well, you know, he after, after, in the locker rooms, like, I got that dog in me. I mean, but dogs also like to rest and be quiet. And yeah. then all of a sudden they just start yeah. going after you. That might be him. Speaking of Ivan Pace Jr., um, in, in your, in your first without Hicks, all right. You're at Denver and you're going against Sean Payton, you know, who, who knows how to get around offensively speaking. Did, did, do you happen to remember if Sean tested Ivan in the passing game? A lot that game because that's like the first thing i was thinking because hicks is so good on those drops that okay we're gonna see if ivan can cover right. the pass right now
2: i think you know one of the things is we don't play traditional quarters mm-hmm. the way a lot of the league does where yeah. people try to isolate the linebacker to the back side of three by one or you know in the formation on on the mike backer with three detached or the back week yeah so we don't put the guys in that situation a lot. Got it. And the pieces move around so much, you know, you could think you're getting that, and there goes Metellus showing up or Theo at that spot. And it's kind of hard to predict when that you're gonna have that matchup.
1: And and I'm not asking you to speak for Flores, Petner O'Connell or anything, but in, in your days in the NFL, or like when you, you started putting this together as a staff. Have you ever seen anything like this, this amoeba, this hybrid, this, you know, here's Theo Theo Jackson doesn't play two and a half quarters. Now he's in a ton. Andre Carter doesn't play basically the full game at Lambeau. And now he's blitzing three times in a row, like one of the big times of the game. Jordan Love must have been like 55. What? I haven't seen you on film. Uh, have
2: you ever seen anything like that? No. Uh, no. Short answer, no. And the amazing thing is it's it's ingredients. Um... It's people. It's Kevin, you know, who he's hired. It's Flow. It's the way Flow handles players, coaches, develops them, both groups. Uh, you know, it's Pettin being there. It's our secondary coach. You know, we, we all coach each other and, and other players, but mm. that defensive room has some great ingredients in terms of people. Yeah. And, you know, Ivan being a rookie you got to credit harry phillips up front for communicating with the kid uh josh metellus is really bright player obviously harry smith uh you know we got some really good players around him and we have people in the defensive room flo knows you know how far he can push the the package with him out there when he has to dial it back and you know constantly looking to change to people's strengths and not put them in a situation mm. where their weaknesses will get exposed. So love that. No, I, I I've not been around this because of the people. It's not someone saying this is the way we do it and that's it. It's constantly, can we tweak this to get get this guy to do something that he does better than this? And then you add Pettin is a mad scientist up there drawing pressures up, and um, that's awesome. And Kevin just creates a culture of you know. The people he brings in, so it's a pretty cool answer. No, I, I've not been around this, and I've been around some great things, um, but just the chemistry is is fantastic. And it's the players; yep. I mean, they deserve a lot of credit for for the way they've been playing. They've decided to play that way. Let me be clear about that.
1: And 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 I know you know Hicks is going to <coughs> on the horizon not for the Cincinnati game, but like Hicks having the best season overall season of his career. Likewise for Hunter and Wanham, and Bynum, and Harrison Phillips, career high sacks, it's just all over the place. People jumping up, having the best seasons of their careers. Um, lastly here, your guys specifically, uh, inside linebackers, and and I mean, you, you can speak for others too if you like, but against Joe Mixon specifically, I mean, it would have to be maybe the most bruising back you're gonna see all year, right? Yeah,
2: like, I'm glad you brought him up because we need to move on from Ivan's game last week this is a ferocious back we're playing this is a Super Bowl pedigree team we're playing so yeah. we we got a we we got work cut out for us i mean this is a a fierce rushing game it's a fierce screen game um i think they're doing a hell of a job calling it with the quarterback um doing the things he does best so It's going to be a hell of a game. Yeah, I like their offensive staff. I mean, Zach Taylor does a good job. Bill Callahan is football in more The whole staff's like a really smart staff, right? Yep. No, really, really smart. They, you know, after the Baltimore game, you watch the Pittsburgh game. They're doing with the quarterback what we're doing as we lose players. They are adapting and getting better and um and i I look forward to playing but we got our work cut out for us this is a really good football team
1: you've done a great job ma'am it's great having you around thank you so much thank you very much. Thanks like, for the time. Yep, thanks for the time, um, and um, an early Merry Christmas to you, okay? You too. That's Mike Sarabo, inside linebacker's coach for the Minnesota Vikings, and I'm Paul Allen. We thank Kevin O'Connell for joining us. Uh, likewise, John Ekstrom with uh, Media Relations. This is a Curly Harris production of the Vikings Entertainment Network, and we thank Eric Nordquist, producer at FM 100.3, KFAN, for his assistance. And I'm Paul Allen. The Minnesota Vikings take on the Cincinnati Bengals Saturday. Pre game at 10, Vikings Radio Network. Pre game at 11, then the boom at noon on the KFAN Minnesota Vikings Radio Network.
0: Our daughter Jessie loves playing detective. A clue.
1: But since we discovered she has sensitive skin, we've been playing detective too.
0: We thought the problem was our puppy.
1: But it was actually our old detergent. Uh Aha. So we switched to Tide Free and Gentle. Tide cleans better than the leading competitive free detergent, and it doesn't leave behind irritating residues.
0: Plus, Tide Free and Gentle has no dyes or perfumes, so it's gentle on her skin. Case closed.
2: If it's got to be clean, it's got to be Tide Free and Gentle.